Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is uh, December 2nd, 2022. We're reading from the Big Book, and we're in We Agnostics. We are on page 46, the second paragraph, reading, Much to our relief, we discovered an ending. It is open, we believe, to all men. We're just reading that paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Zoe N. The traditions, Kelly K. Reading the text is Colleen M. Page 164 is Anne Marie M. Our backup reader is Sherry D. Newcomer greeter is Sandy K. And a second hour host is Karen K. We have reference numbers from yesterday, Thursday, December 1st, 2022. 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 19,698. That's 1969698. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting is 19,699. So 19,699. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message through the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive reading can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I've now asked Zoe and to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people who, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will 
for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. Thanks, Zoe. Next up is Kelly Kay with the 12 Traditions. Hi, I'm Kelly Kay, Compulsive Overeater, the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or communities directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. All right, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Sinfulness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that you, uh, your sharing be do- directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what directions and what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we're back in We Agnostics. Uh, We're on page 46, the second paragraph, much to our relief, we discovered, and it ends with, it is open, we believe, to all men, just for one paragraph. And uh, I've asked Colleen and to read this passage for us today. Hi, thank you. This is Colleen M. from Maryland. Thanks for letting me do service. Much to our relief, we discover we did not need to consider another conception of God. 
Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to, pos- to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. So, well, such a powerful paragraph and such an uplifting paragraph. But it, it, for me, I wanted to speak this very positive, but for me, this was a very challenging paragraph because um, my, I believe my disease had gone so far, uh, not only my uh, eating, but my spiritual disease and my mental illness that this was a really hard concept for me to get. I always believed in a God, um, but when I got back from my last relapse, and I came back into the rooms in 2014, and I got abstinent in 2017, and I got recovered in 2022. So it's been a very long process, and it's not happened overnight. And the biggest reason, I believe, is because of my prejudice against God and all of the um, all of the lies that I had believed. Um, the, like I said, I, I've always believed in God. I was raised in a church. I've had a relationship with God in the past, but uh, my last relapse, which was about 10 years long, um, I became very spiritually sick and I could not bring to my um, mind, just like I couldn't bring to my mind my uh, last uh, binge, I couldn't bring to my mind all of the things that God had done for me in the past. Uh, he I, with God's help, I had been able to relieve myself of, of resentments of years and years and years. Um, I'd gotten through a, a difficult divorce. Um, so many things that God had got me through. None of that mattered anymore. All I could think about is what how God hadn't shown up for me. Um, and um, when they said get a new concept of God, I, I really struggled with that. I felt kind of felt like it was sacrilegious. But what I did start and what it says here was a simple, a simple beginning of could I believe that God was all loving? I call my higher power God. I don't have a conception of what that is. I think that God is just way bigger than I could ever even mentally figure out. I, I say him because it's just easier. I don't really know that God has a, a sex to them. Um, it's, it's spiritual for me. But um, anyway, starting with, could I believe God was all loving? Could I believe God was all powerful? Could I believe God loved and wanted what was best for me? And it, it really had to get that simple for me to be able to start, one, praying again, opening myself up. And, you know, it was all of my other uh, behaviors that I didn't want to let go of, a fear of not getting what I wanted, and it says further in this, pa- uh, the next page Sorry. that besides, is- oh, thank you. Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Thanks a lot, Connie. Um, so we're going to open up the lines for sharing. 
I asked that uh, if you could just uh, hit it one at a time. I bruise easily. And uh, although we value your experience, we have to remember to share it every third day. So I always could share their experience too. So if you share Wednesday or Thursday, just step back. Let uh, another fellow get a shot at sharing. Who would like to share on this in the uh, agnostics? Anne Marie. Okay, I got Anne Marie. Oh, I brought Tina S. Okay. Oh, hold on, hold on. Anne Marie and there was someone right after that. Then there was uh, Reva, and then Barbara. Christina J. Okay. Uh, Christina. Nancy R. Tina S. Tina J. That's it. Tina. There's Tina S. And then who? Who was the the Right before Tina, I'm sorry. So, Amory, Christina, Reva, Barbara, Tina, and there was someone else. Nancy R. Nancy, there you go. I'm sorry about Thanks. that. No problem. All right, who else would like to share? Let's load it up on the first round. Priscilla H. Priscilla. All right, let's go with this group then. So we got Anne Marie, M, Christina J, Reva, P, Barbara 18S, Nancy R, Priscilla H. All right, Anne Marie, you're up. Good morning, um, Russ. This is Anne Marie M in South Carolina. Gratefully recovered through God's grace and by working the 12 steps, the obsession has been removed, um, not by me, but uh, to me, the, you know, just been done to me. I always have to remember that because my ego has gotten in the way so many times in thinking that I'm the one who's done this. And uh, like the first reader had, uh, the, the first person that, that read and, and spoke, um, I didn't, uh, I had a, um, it, was, it was something else I was going to say, but um, I had, offense to someone telling me that I needed to get a new God. It did sound sacrilegious. It doubt, you know, it, I thought, I'm not going to do that. However, when it was pointed out to me that the God that I was praying to um, was, was very judgmental, I, 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 it was pointed out that I needed to get a new perception. So I don't know, uh, a new concept, a new perception. But that's what stood out to me. Um, our own conception, what I thought, what I heard was my own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach. It, it was a sufficient enough for me to begin. That's what I heard. And I, 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 it just jumped out at me because I had that perception of God that it was okay, it was just okay. And I did not, like step 11 says, um, uh, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. I needed to improve my conscious contact with God. It couldn't be um, just I had a relationship with God and that was it. I needed to keep improving on it. And that's what really jumped out at me here, that it was just the beginning. What The God that I grew up with, my perception, let me explain, my perception of the God that I grew up with was not um, 
a God that I that would sustain me. I needed to grow with God, and I needed to have a, a deep, deep friendship and a, a knowing that he had my back no matter what. The other thing that there's, there's promises in this paragraph, there's promises, yet there are conditions. You know, um, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction. And the condition is that provided we took other simple steps. So I needed to continue on. I couldn't just, um, okay, I got you, God. Now you do this for me. And I, I've had journals throughout my life because I've been a composer since a long time. But through my journals, I have prayed to God to give me this, um, this freedom. Thank you. Pass. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Next up is Christina J, followed by Rita T. Morning again, Russ. Morning, everyone. Christina J, State of North Carolina, recovering today. We discovered we did not need to consider another conceptions of God, conception of God. <clears throat> My conception was never inadequate. I always felt this power. I always felt this beauty. I was in awe of my body, the world, love. Um, Just I always had this sort of outlook where everything seemed to be a miracle, miraculous. But uh, what was inadequate was my surrender. I didn't know that I wasn't in control, and I didn't pray to God to take away my food addiction. I didn't pray to God to show me the way to do things right. I just assumed I knew how to do it all. So um, I knew there was one, but I had to take simple steps to kind of connect the dots to the power that was in me already, that it was in my heart. Um, The underlying creative intelligence, the spirit of the universe, you know, I had to take steps to connect that. And I, I never even knew I needed to do that. That was the interesting thing. I had my disease out there. I was running all over the world in my head, in articles, in rooms of psychologists, in therapist's office, in, uh, you know, all that, in medical offices with doctors giving me pills and powdered shakes and dry, ugly, you know, little protein bars (laughs) and little tiny girls in diet clubs saying, oh, we'll be all right, you'll lose weight. And God bless them, but they didn't know that I was standing on that scale in front of them, horrified at my weight, horrified and embarrassed and ashamed. But I never brought God into any of that. I didn't know. But I believe in something bigger than myself, and it's precious to me, and it's love. And I feel it in my heart. But I have to connect the dots of my head to my heart and surrender, as someone so, so often says on this line. I surrender everything. Well, yeah, I can surrender the food in the beginning, you know. Oh, yeah, that's cool. But what, what, it wasn't working. I kept going back to the food because I wasn't surrendering my life, my decisions. The fact that my career wasn't working, I wouldn't give that up. I was going to pound down every wall I came to to make it happen. I didn't even consider that maybe God didn't want me to walk that direction. That would horrify me. I spent my whole life chasing that thing. And, and to have that, to surrender that, to say, okay, God, what do you want to do with me? The talent you've given me? Where do you want me to go with all this? That was horrifying to me, but I did it. 
and I have such peace today around everything. I don't, you know, fear comes up. That's where I get agnostic. And today I'm learning to surrender it. Okay, I don't have to have fear today. That's in tomorrow. Let it go. That's connecting to God. That's saying, okay, God, your will be done. Time. So, thank you. I'm going to pass. God bless everyone. Thank Thanks, Christine. Appreciate it. All right, next up is Rita P., followed by uh, Barbara E. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. What's striking me today is this concept, my own conception. For me, that was a game changer. Um, First of all, I never sat around before I came into this program really contemplating what is my concept of God. Um, I had a lot of education about religion and God, but it was something sort of separate from me and my life. It wasn't really applied in the intricacies of my everyday existence. Um, so when I you know, realized I was at step one and I just could not manage control the food, my life was a mess, um, and I was told I needed power, you know, step one really propelled me to step two. But I, when I started realizing I needed power, I became aware of my concept of God and it was inadequate. Um, it was very negative, punishing. I mean, the whole diet binge thing for me was about being good and bad, you know, good day, bad day. Um, and um, it was a game changer. Um, and it was almost like, you know, like, the thought of like looking over my shoulder, like, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to change, broaden um, my concept of a higher power? You know, I used to joke at the beginning, you know, fire your higher power if he's not or she's not working for you. And, and that's what I did. And it started really small. Right here, we're just talking about step two. It's just like opening that door a tiny bit that maybe, you know, step one for me was I'm doomed. And step two was maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe what these people are saying is true. Maybe this thing can do for me what it's done for all these people that I see at the meetings. So that was my beginning. And I think what's really important here is, like people mentioned, provided I did certain steps, like I have to do the steps. I'm only at step two here. I have to do three to 12. And that's how I finally access, access the power in step 11. And what always strikes me is that word seek, and it's mentioned twice, seeking, seeking, seeking. And seeking means action. You know, when you play hide and seek, you don't just sit there. You run around, you look for uh, whoever, whatever. And it's the seeking. And that's like my life mission now. And, you know, it's easy to seek and sort of find God when it's a beautiful sunset and, oh, life's everything going my way. How about when um, when people are sick, when people die? when things don't work out, when my kids don't do what I want, where's God? Am I seeking God? Can I see God in what I think is ickiness? Can God change my glasses in all these different situations? And that's the work. Um, and it constantly changes. It's not one and done. I'm constantly you know, revising my concept as I do the work. With that, I pass. Thanks, Riva. Next up is Barbara Barbara E. followed by Tina. Tina S., I'm sorry, followed by Tina. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for your service. Thank you to everyone who is here, the fellowship that supports me. This is just such a wonderful meeting, and I am so grateful. 
I lost weight so many times and gained it back all over again. When I got to Overeaters Anonymous, I was full of self-denial, full of thinking I could do it, but I couldn't. I stapled my ears. Why would that be? I snapped a rubber band around my wrist. Nothing worked. I took pills. I had shots in my rear end that made me run around the house. I couldn't stop. But then I heard that there was a program called Overeaters Anonymous. And I came in and I heard that I had to have a spiritual renovation as well as a physical and emotional one. Well, God knows I was selfish and self-seeking and I wanted you to do whatever I wanted. But I had to learn that was not the way. And getting thin and abstinent was just the ticket in the door. I had to do whatever I was told and become stupid and therefore teachable. I had to accept that there was a God that I didn't know was there. It didn't have to be a man up there in a white robe. It could be love. It could be anything. But just know it's not me. And it's not my refrigerator. And it's not my sponsor, though I love her dearly. And the fellowship that I really, really appreciate. I am a grateful, grateful compulsive overeater. And I welcome and enjoy listening to all the newcomers because they teach me what it was like and what me, what I remember about what it was. I started hearing a lot about gratitude in the OA rooms. And that time, at that time, I thought my complaint was, what do I have to be grateful for? And I gave a long list of how I was victimized in my life. I didn't want to hear about anyone else's gratitude or feeling happy for them. I was jealous, needless to say. I wasn't a happy camper, which which I am now, thank God. I am not that way, as I said. I have a great life, even at times beyond my wildest dreams, as it says. It has taken a bit of my 20-year journey in OA to get the feeling of gratitude and accept that I am not all-powerful, and I have to be willing to listen to other people and pray uh, the serenity prayer and do and the acceptance and the third step prayer. So this is actually a, a pitch for gratitude. Mine, mine rolls really now. And I am so grateful again to my sponsor, to Russ, to everyone here that supports me and gives me the spirit to go on. Even when life gets lifey, and sometimes it does. Thank you. Perfect time. I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Appreciate it. You're thanking me. No problems. Uh, (laughs) Let me let you know where we're at. Um, We are on page 46. We agnostic second paragraph. Much to our relief, we discovered, and we just we're just reading that paragraph in case you. Uh, jumped on a little later. All right, Tina S is up, followed by Nancy R. Thanks so much, Russ, for your service. Tina S, recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Well, yeah, great chairs this morning. Appreciate uh, being on the line. You know, I too, I came in um, thinking that I believed in a God or had a belief in a power greater than myself, which you know, I believe that God worked in your life, but probably not mine. So when I, this was the good news, you know, 
much to my relief. You know, I didn't have to consider another's conception, you know, my own conception, and I loved, and it was already shared, however inadequate was sufficient to make the approach. You know, and, you know, one of the things that has happened for me, you know, when I was just willing to believe, you know, that's all that it took. I could start right where I was, that I, I began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, you know, once I was taking the steps, you know, and over time and over years and over working the steps over and over one day at a time today, you know, I know that God does not make too hard terms to those who seek him. You know, that the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, and all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding, you know, and it's open to all men. And that means me too, women and and women. But, you know, today, this is, you know, the, the, the longest distance is from the head to the heart. When I got here initially and was reading this, this is great stuff, this wonderful stuff. And then as I worked the steps, it went from the head to the heart. And today I know that no matter what happens in my life, you know, if I seek my higher power, he does not make too hard terms for me. You know, and I get the answers that I need. Maybe not what I want, but what I need. And I'm willing to do that today, to live this life, to be free, you know. And, and I wasn't before I got here. And one day at a time, you know, I am so grateful for a power greater than myself and for you all. And that I have the opportunity to be free. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. All right there, Tina. Next up is Nancy R. followed by Priscilla H. Hi, good morning, everyone. It's Nancy R. in Northwest Illinois. Um, grateful for the opportunity to be on this meeting with all of you and also to share. I, before the meeting, I was um, spending some time in prayer and meditation with the God of my understanding. And um, as I uh, dialed into the call, um, I felt prompted to, um, to, to share today. So um, I'm grateful that I'm saying yes to what I believe are my leadings from, from my higher power. Um, I love that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the, realm of the spirit is broad and roomy and all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek what a difference that is from the religion that I was brought up in and many other religions. You know, I, it's like the one true way um, was what I heard um, in my religious teaching. And what I found in my spiritual living is that God doesn't make too hard terms for those who seek him. Like, my higher power is just there. Always has been, always will be. Um, it's the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive. Like, my higher power doesn't exclude anyone um, or say you can only be with me um, now or in the afterlife uh, if you believe this one thing. And, you know, I might be totally wrong, but um, I like that. It's very loving and gentle. And, um, yeah, it's very loving and gentle. And uh, that's what I have more and more of as I continue to develop my relationship with my higher power. 
And right before that sentence, it says, provided we took other simple steps. And the steps for me have been working these 12 steps out of this book with a recovered uh, um, a sponsor and uh, surrendering to that and um, and continuing every day. Like I just, I was often running in, I, I can be often running in my brain at any moment. And um, my uh, relationship with my higher power right now is, is to stop and to come back, to pause, to come back and be like, okay, God, tell me what to do next. Show me what your will is. And um, I, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Bye. Perfect timing. All right. Mm -hmm. Next up is Priscilla, and then we're going to take another list. Thank you so much. This is Priscilla H. I'm grateful to be recovered physically and recovering mentally, emotionally, interpersonally, and every other way ah, through this program, but through the help of my higher power. <clears throat> there, there is. I could talk on this chapter for hours, but what I can say in three minutes, I don't know. But I've got to say, uh, I've often thought that the people who wrote this book did not really understand atheism. I didn't, uh, after a, a life, an upbringing of intense religiosity, which became more and more and more desperately intense, I it fell apart for me, and I then became an atheist. I didn't choose to become an atheist or want to become an atheist. It just happened, and it was the saddest day of my life, one of the saddest, but... Um, so for the next 10 years, that was that was the case for me. But I, today, uh, the way I see it, the God of my understanding put me in a career where I was involved with 12-step recovery programs for the clients that I worked with. And I, I heard people's stories, and I knew that, it was working for them. I knew it was working for them. And it didn't work for me because I was an atheist, but I was learning, learning, learning. Um, read the big book, listened to any number of hundreds of 12-step recovery meetings. And finally, in December 1986, I decided to take Step three, not to not to um, believe in something that I didn't believe in, but to act as if. I knew how to act as if, and I had heard that expression over and over again. Act as if. Fake it till you can make it. I had heard that over and over in the original 12-step meetings, and I just made the decision to do that. And, oh, my goodness, my life ever since has been such a an amazing journey, amazing to me. And as was just mentioned in the previous share, provided we took other simple steps, I decided to act as if, and I knew how to do that because of what I saw other people doing, and I knew that, that, that the other simple steps were the 12 steps. So I sat about, set about, 
trying to learn how to do them, and I'm still learning today. I'm 86 now. I was 50 when I made when I took step three. Now I'm 86, and I'm still learning. Thanks be to God. And with that, I'll pass. Awesome. Thank you, Priscilla. So we're going to open up the line for sharing, and if you shared in the past couple of days, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. And let someone else get a shot to share on this. So, who wants to share on page 46 and we agnostics? Kim A. So, I got Judith Kim. Judith Kim A. Judith, A-G. but there was some. It's Amy G in the place to be. Gloria right. G. Gloria. Jack W. Jack. Lynn H. from Montreal. Lynn H. Let's take one more. Okay. Let's not. <laughs> All right. We got Kim A, Amy G, Judith SP, Gloria G, Jack W, and Lynn H. Hopefully we can get to everybody. It'll be nice and smooth on. Oh, God, Kim. Thanks. Hey, this is Kim A from New York City. You know, the thing about this, chapter is we're not reading this because we need to be convinced that there's a higher power. You know, we know from step two that we don't have to believe in God. We don't have to find God. We don't have to understand God. All we have to do in order to move on to step three is just acknowledge that there's the possibility that we may not be the most powerful force in the universe. That's it. We don't have to know who God is. We don't have to believe in anything. We just have to be willing, okay? But this chapter is more about challenging our thinking and not necessarily only as it pertains to the idea of a higher power. I mean, that's kind of the basis of this chapter. But this idea, you know, um, it's been pointed out that the word prejudice is in this chapter so many times I counted it once. I don't remember how many it was, but it was a lot. Because we come to this program bringing all the parts of self that have caused us to live this life where we need to go to food for ease and comfort. So a lot of that is based on our ego, our fixed thinking that, you know, we know the right way, that we know we're a victim. We know that, you know, this person sucks. We know Kim, we lost you. Hey, I'm back. I don't, I don't even know uh, like what got, you heard. Yeah, this this person sucks. I think is what you said. <laughs> Maybe I heard it wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. That's what I said. Um, so yeah. Anyway, you know, we're just being asked to look at our thinking. That there's the possibility that our way of thinking isn't always right. And then if we crack open our minds, whether it's in regards to the world or to, you know, a higher power, if we can crack open our minds, we may find that there's another way because we get hope from seeing all these other people that are living their lives in a way where they believe in a higher power and they don't need to continually go to food because this higher power has helped them learn a new way of thinking. 
And that's what this is all about, this psychic change where our attitudes and our perceptions are altered by working the steps. And it's our attitudes that lead us to the food. It's not the sugar. It's not the triggers. It's our thinking. That's what we see over and over and over in this book, that it's our flawed thinking that makes us miserable, that makes us go to food. So if we can read this chapter through the lens that we need to just maybe think about ways that our attitudes have been kind of rigid and might be like impeding our progress in program and in life, then it can kind of open us up in a different way. Thanks. I'll pass. Kim A. from New York City. Thanks, Kim. Next up is Amy G., followed by Judith S.P. Good morning, Russ. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you, everyone, for such an awesome meeting. Uh, I'm not saying anything new, but uh, I think it bears repeating. Step two says we came to believe. It doesn't mean that we a power greater than ourselves, whatever that is. Came to, that means it's a prophet. It doesn't mean we're already there. And what I found this chapter does for me is the fact that it takes away all of my excuses that I use to say, well, this program's not going to work for me because what? I'm angry at God. I don't believe in God. I'm firmly entrenched in my agnosticism. I mean, I was all of those things for years in Overeaters Anonymous and not recovering. Like others have said, it doesn't matter what I believe because whatever I was believing was not working. And if I truly surrendered to my powerlessness in step one, I needed something greater than myself to restore me to sanity because my thinking and whatever I believed, God or no God, was still not working for me. And that's what my sponsor would say to me. It will evolve over the process of working the steps. All I needed to do was surrender that I couldn't fix me and be willing to do the work. Do the instructions that are listed in the steps, and your process of that higher power will evolve. And that was all I needed, because I would use many, many excuses. But as it says here, if it's broad, it's not, it's all-inclusive, I didn't have any more excuses, because I had a lot of anger about all that. And she said to me, Amy, my sponsor, you know, look, anger, whatever, it doesn't matter. Are you willing to do the work? Do you believe that you are powerless? And I had to say yes on both counts, and I'm so grateful that I did. No more excuses for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank God. Thanks, Amy. All right. Next up is Judith S.P., followed by Gloria G. Hi. Good morning, Ross. Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for being here. My name is Judith S.P. from the state of Maryland, greatly recovered so far today. Um, yeah, this paragraph really hits me in a place that I so need this moment. Every day, including this day, I get up um, not bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That's what I want, uh, and that's what God, when I look and connect to God, helps me be throughout the day. I get up with a lot of emotionality, as I did today, Uh, My mind starts racing, and if I was not given the gift of this recovery program and the opportunity to do my morning practices, I would be off and running and probably at least try to be ahead of everybody else 
and win whatever I thought was at the end of the race. Um, At this point, um, what really uh, resonates with me is uh, calling my conception of a higher power uh, spirit of the universe. I've always felt and connected with that spirit. There was an inner uh, soft, loving essence inside of there, inside of me. And over the years, it got covered up and covered up and covered up, more even so than a needle in a haystack. And every day I realize I get up with a lot of pain and a lot of sadness, both for uh, others' impact on me, but primarily my impact on myself. And that pain was always um, looked at to be soothed and comforted and God willing eradicated with the food. It never worked. The pain turned into anger. The anger turned into shame and embarrassment and all the other things that come along with that horrendous trip I was on. And now through the grace of God, these tools, this program, and my trust, my surrender and acceptance that there is a power and that power because spirit of the universe is a little bit too much of a mouthful, is God. And I thank God. The other point I want to raise in the third dimension and fourth dimension, the room, there is room for everyone. What a wonderful experience. I always felt alone. I always felt it was only me. That was a piece of you know what. And You know, who wants to be with a piece of you-know-what, especially me? So I would move away into the food. But now I'm included. Now I'm connected to you all through the grace and love of my higher power. And there is a possibility of a different way. It's this trust in God, the 12 steps, and continuing continuing to work it from the moment my eyes open throughout the day. And with that, I pass. And thank you for letting me share. All right there, Judith. So we're in Way Agnostics, page 46, the second paragraph, and we're just reading that paragraph. So next up is Gloria G. Good morning, everyone. This is Gloria G. from Arkansas. Um, This is my first time sharing on this line, so I'm a little nervous. Um. I guess I've been really lucky. I consider myself really lucky and blessed that um, I have had a conception of God um, my whole life and have prayed um, probably nearly every day of my life. Um, I choose to call my God Heavenly Father because I believe we are all his spirit children. And um, just as a father loves his child, uh, our Heavenly Father loves us. And I have to remember that. Um, the problem is, is that I uh, was abstinent um, and was really feeling serenity and neutrality and working the steps with my sponsor. And then um, I don't know what happened, but I just, I just went back to it and back to the eating and back in the food and um, surrendering every morning to taking that light back. 
and it just wasn't working. We got up to step 12, and we were just about ready to get me started helping others. And I just am having a very difficult time getting back to, you know, being abstinent. And I've been in the program since about 95 and um, left for a little while, not doing OA at all. And just in the food and diets and up and down and oh my God, the craziness. Um, so I was, I'm asking for outreach calls today. I'm on the phone list and just to tell me how you surrender and how you keep yourself from taking it back every day. And um, I would really appreciate that. My name is Gloria G from Arkansas. Thank you. I pass. Thanks Gloria. Sorry about that, Gloria D. All right, no, now we got. G. Oh, J. Then I was right. Sorry about that, Gloria J. Yeah. Okay. Got my. You got it. My man Jack is up. Jack W. Followed by Lynn H. Hey, good morning, buddy. Um, Jack W. In Florida, grateful compulsive overeater. I have. Uh, I've been in a state where I let my food plan get sloppy. And, you know, I got on the vanity scale this morning, hadn't gained any weight, but my mental state had just gotten all over the place. So yesterday was uh, day one of complete abstinence. I'd listened to a recording Charles had sent me from the family afterwards meeting Saturday night on complete abstinence. And if I put that extra bite, extra food that's not weighed in my mouth, it's just like sticking a needle in my arm or taking a shot of moonshine. I just, you know, that's just uh, me taking a drink. And I, uh, that extra food clouds my mind and blocks my channel to God. And uh, I can't hear God. I'm just all over the place and angry. And uh, so I woke up this morning when my wife came in. I had um, I was in the back room listening to this meeting, and and I was smiling, and I just recognized, you know, one day of complete abstinence, how I have a, a good attitude this morning and smile on my face because I'm um, naturally a frowner. I have that upside down smile looking indention in my face from frowning all my life. But anyways, I, I know I'm off the reading topic. Just so grateful this morning. Yesterday I did the 7 o'clock meeting, 10 o'clock meeting, read my big book, read the doctor's opinion, prayed, sat quietly, and just kind of, uh, I still struggle with people in isolation. That's just my genetic code, and it's hard to do this program. You can't do it on your own uh, Harlan says, I can't think of the gentleman's name that, that spoke it, that you don't get this program by absorbing spiritual information. You get it by transmitting spiritual information. And kudos to Gloria for speaking up. And uh, I will get emotional. So anyway, I've just been the the retired Florida guy, 
that's been complaining and uh, just grateful to be on the right track this morning. So I encourage people to get my number off the members list and, and please give me a call because it's just really a It's just really hard for me to, uh, you know, reach out to other people. That's just my genetic code, that isolation, right. that social interaction. Right. Thanks, Russ. Have a great day, everybody, and um, great meeting. Thanks so much. You too, Jack. Keep coming back, brother. All right, next up is Lynn Renee, I think. Oh. Or Lynn. Yeah. Or Lynn. Yeah. Or it, it, okay. All right. Good morning, yeah. everyone. That is so cool that you got my name. I always say Lynn because uh, I think people won't won't hear the second one. So my name is Lynn Rene H. I'm from Montreal, Canada, and I'm so grateful to be at Over Ear and get to get to listen to all of you. Oh my God! Step two. I struggle that so much with that because you know what? In Limland, I know what I know and I know everything and especially what you don't know and even what you do think you know. So if you need anything, I know it. That's me when I'm in the disease. It's like, just get out of my way. I know what I'm doing. And you know what's the sad part? Is that in reality, like in the real world, I don't know anything. And what I did, what I didn't know at one point in this, like in my years, it's been nine years, I'm in the program. And what I do know is that I don't know how my higher power, my God, my spiritual being, my love of life, anyone, I, I thought of my higher power as a placenta at one point because I was trying to put an image on the screen and for me a placenta is like the safest place in the world when you're in that thing for nine months nothing can happen to you and that's what I needed a safe spot to feel insecurity and um, I was just going on and on with different ways of thinking about this thing. And um, uh, what I really wanted to share also is that it took me so long to just, just get it. It's inside. It's the calm. It's the loving. It's the peaceful. It's the human part of me. It's me smiling or somebody smiling. That's what for me is God. And you know what? When that's there, no disease can take over. Because it's like the safest way of doing things for me is just getting over this, getting over myself and what I think I know. And just taking the chance. You know, we buy we buy lotto tickets and we spend money. Thanks, and we. I just want to say, well, this is my big lotto ticket. I just scratched off one day and saying, okay, I quit. Let's think otherwise. Thank you so much for being there. Have a great day. Hey, forgive the interruption, but could I get Jack's number because I have a problem opening the list. 
Well, um, why don't you, uh, you're going to have to, who, you could text me. Text me. I'll get you his number. We can't do that right now. we got to close the meeting out. All right. So thanks, Lynn. You are on last year. We thank everybody that shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. So today's share ID, Friday 12-2-2022, December 2nd, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 19,701. That's 19701. All right. So we'll now close uh, close the, with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by a serenity prayer. Maria, please re read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Anne Marie M., Pultivoli Eater in South Carolina. A book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and get great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. All 